0: Hi there this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire and this is Love to Tell the Story. I saw it today on the way home from a pastoral visit. Good news proclaimed via a hand-painted sign next to a farm stand nestled along a back road here in New Hampshire. Fresh strawberries for sale, which in and of itself is pretty good but underneath that, even better, new peas. Oh yes, it's that time of year again. You know, one of the nicer parts of heading up home to Northern Maine on our vacation will be a meal of new potatoes and fresh peas, which when prepared and served together is one of the greatest of all summer delicacies even given that we probably will forgo the traditional slathering of cream and butter that makes such a dish complete healthier lifestyle does require some sacrifice after all i have to tell you that for me the taste of garden fresh vegetables is more than sufficient to renew one's sense of awe over god's creation and it's not even time yet for beans and sweet corn at this point i should confess to you that I am, to say the very least, horticulturally challenged. One of those people about whom that old adage was written that if you can't cultivate a garden, cultivate friends with gardens. It's not that we haven't tried. In fact, early in our marriage, Lisa and I made a memorable, if feeble, attempt of growing our own little vegetable garden. I say feeble because quite honestly, from start to finish, the whole effort was pretty much a disaster. A lot of what we planted either never sprouted or at all or got choked by weeds, most of which did grow, ended up feeding the neighborhood raccoons. and And our harvest of fresh peas, the thing that I wanted to grow the most, well, when shelled, it all fit rather nicely into a paper cup. In fact, the only bumper crop we got out of that garden was a whole lot of butternut squash, which was pretty funny because We didn't even plant butternut squash. What added insult to injury, however, was an elderly neighbor who had an entire backyard garden that bordered ours. And his garden, it was a work of art. I mean, everything was planted in straight, long rows, each plant and vegetable clearly delineated and, and marked with every possible vegetable represented. It was something the likes of which you'd see in Country Living magazine or, or in a Martha Stewart television show. I must confess, well, I hated that garden. Because every time I looked at it, all it did was remind me of how truly pathetic our garden was. And what was worse, when I complimented my neighbor on what a fine garden he had, he'd look over at ours and say, not unkindly, but gently, And effectively, well, you get out of a garden what you put into it. I have to tell you that in the years since, I've always remembered that garden as something of a parable. A parable for my own spiritual growth. With my neighbor's words, a clear reminder that you get out of your faith garden what you put into it. To sow the seeds of faith does require true effort on our parts. But the good news is that it's not even so much a matter of sweat and toil in the hot sun as much as it is about being attentive and devoted to our spiritual growth and then letting God in God's amazing graceful way do the rest. Summer's a good time to be working on Faith's Garden, don't you think? For me, this time of the year has always lent itself to plenty of opportunities for rest, relaxation, and family time as well as the aforementioned feast of farm stand produce. But over the years, I've also found it to be an important season both for sowing the seeds of faith and for tilling the soil in which they grow. Such an essential task and yet one that is so easily neglected in the midst of life's other demands and challenges. Speaking personally, I need to tend the garden. I need time set aside for prayer and study. I need to go to the well and draw up a cup of living water. In order for my faith to flourish, I am going to need the kind of nourishment that can come only from the spiritual food that God gives. I suspect the same is true for all of us. As Jesus' own parable on this subject reminds us, it's all too easy for any of us to let the rocks, weeds, and thorns of life get out of hand and choke us out of living faithfully. Too tempting, perhaps, to let our nourishment be derived from the shallow soil of whatever the world has to offer at the moment. In the end, it takes a strong and abundant faith with roots extending deep into the soil of God's word so that we can live and thrive in this life, growing and flourishing as the kind of people that our Lord has always intended for us to be. So, friends, let's make our gardens grow. This summer, let's devote ourselves to being attentive to the Word of God. Let us read scripture in more than just a cursory fashion. Let's seek out the kind of materials and resources, and might I add here, the kind of entertainment that will enrich our faith rather than belittle it. And let's set aside time for prayer and meditation. And oh, yes, uh, did I mention that one of the best things we can ever do for our spiritual garden is to come to church and worship the Lord? Just saying. Granted, this kind of gardening requires commitment, and it takes a fair amount of effort. But as my old neighbor used to say, what you get from a garden depends on good part what you put into it. Keep at it you might just be surprised by what will sprout up in the process. Maybe even a hundredfold harvest. Thanks be to God, who by grace gives us the harvest, and who will bless us in the gardening. That's it for another installment of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening, and... Until next time, may God bless you with a great day and some great gardening. Talk to you soon.